Welcome back, everybody, to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. I'm Chris Witt. With me, as always, is Mr. Adam Schmidt. Adam, how are you, buddy? Tremendous. How are you? Uh, if I was any better, I would be a Reds beat writer. <laughs> Speaking of Reds beat writer, uh, today we got a special guest with us, Mr. Bobby Nightingale from the uh, Reds Inquire beat. Bobby, how are you? I'm doing good. That was a nice transition. Yeah, you like that transition? <laughs> yeah, we moved right into well it. <laughs> moved right into it. The uh, the the Balco is it Balco? Is that the steroids you were taking back in the day? <laughs> Balco steroid taker. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, great Reds beat writer. Uh, MLB.com, Detroit Tigers, Kansas, college basketball, college football, and high school sports. Mm-hmm. You did it all. The whole nine. <laughs> <laughs> took so, over the midwest took over the midwest so bobby uh we really appreciate you coming back on with us man uh we're we're pretty excited to have you again yeah no problem it feels like it feels like it was longer than like i know we talked it right before the season started but it feels longer than just a couple months ago yeah it you know it was uh it was the day before was it the day before opening day yep yeah i think was when we talked to you so first question then how was the reds first opening day for you yeah, it was pretty cool. I walked around kind of beforehand and kind of checked out the scene and went around the banks and kind of the Fountain Square downtown and everything. I didn't get to see kind of the, the Finley parade and everything, but everything I did see was it kind of lived up to the hype. And it was cool just to see how in, into it everybody was. Sure, they get a little rowdy. There's no doubt about that. Ended up being an awesome game, too. Yeah. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Without a doubt. So uh, on that note, let's talk Reds baseball to get this thing started because after we get done with you Bobby we're going to get into some NBA talk because we love to get into some NBA especially with the playoffs going on so I don't know what you got uh, what you think about the NBA playoffs but we'll just let you talk about Reds baseball because that's what you know best <laughs> uh, so I'm going to start off and and I I'm going to tell you Bobby I've been uh, I've been going a little nuts here lately because I'm kind of an old school ball guy uh-huh. And the more I look at this, it's been getting on my nerves with uh, the way that Mr. Bell handles his starting pitching. Now, as I say that, I realize that they have what the fourth best uh, pitching staff in all of the ma- in all of major leagues. Is that right? Fourth best, I believe, ERA wise. Like I think yeah, as the overall staff, I think so. Yeah. Okay, so so on that note, I understand. That that's terrific. So I guess my first question to you is, Will can this bullpen continue to throw as many innings as it does? Yeah, I mean, I, I think they can. It's, it's just kind of the new normal. I mean, it's just more of a throwback. The Reds have kind of – it took them a month to kind of figure out all their roles and figure out what each guy did best. And now you kind of see more, you know, Amir Garrett, David Hernandez, and Raisal Iglesias. They're kind of your back end your final three guys to finish out games. Jared Hughes is kind of in that mix too. And then everyone else kind of just fills in the rest of the spots, but it, it kind of took them about a month just to figure out how they wanted to use everyone. And for all the pitchers to kind of get used to, okay, this is the inning I'm going to pitch. And this is the situation I'm going to pitch. All right. So that brings me to my next question. Why is nobody, why, why is nobody allowed to throw more than a hundred pitches on this team? Is that, is there some kind of major league, new major league arm 
that I don't know about where <laughs> Bell won't let Igle- uh, uh, not Iglesias. It's mostly Castillo that I looked up and was really paying attention to. This guy, it, it, if he's at 100 pitches, he's out. No matter how strong he is at the time or how weak he is at the time. Hundred. Well, besides today, we're not we're not going to put today because I already <laughs> told you we're not talking about today. Uh, besides that, uh, can, can, do you? Has he talked about pitch counts or anything like that? I think it's more just the third time through the batting order. That's kind of the new trend across baseball. I mean, the Reds, their bullpen usage is kind of league average. It's not really anywhere above league average, even though it kind of feels like it at times. It's just teams get nervous when the starter has to face the lineup the third time through. It's just statistically, and it, it's kind of all the way across the board, hitters just hit really, really well against starting pitchers the third time through. So it's almost one of those things that, you know, that's kind of why the Tampa Bay Rays uh, experimented with the opener last year was to kind of delay when they would go through that third time through the lineup right? and push it back to maybe the seventh and eighth inning when you could just go straight to your, you know, the hammers and the bullpen. And I think that's what you're kind of seeing now with the Reds. The reason they just they, – there has been quick hooks for sure, but it's just one of those things where I think the numbers say, okay, the, if, you, if you're going to keep them, keep them in that long – you're starting to play with a little bit of fire. And I think that's where David Bell's been really not not hesitant at all just to say, you know what, I trust my bullpen here. I'm gonna I trust them to get those outs rather than asking a lot of my starter to go through the third time through the lineup. Even if your starter just got just got just struck out six straight guys or <laughs> or just got uh, uh six of seven guys out in the last three in the last two innings and it looks like he's strong, it doesn't matter. He's still taking you out. Yeah, I mean, I remember there was a game, it was a couple of weeks ago, maybe even less than that, when they were in San Francisco, they were playing the Giants, the last game against the Giants. Tyler Malley was pitching in the sixth inning. He had retired, I think, 13 of his last 14 or something. Yes. There was a guy on first base. He pitched against Brandon Belt, gave up a homer. It was a two-run homer that tied the game. He did have a reliever warmed up in the bullpen, a lefty reliever, and he chose not to use him. And, you know, it kind of bit him for it. And it's just one of those things where – as well as those guys are pitching, you're still asking a lot just to say, you know, and the pitchers don't like it. I mean, starting pitchers, obviously, they have a lot of pride. They want to stay in the game. Sure. But it's just one of those things where the numbers just across the board say the more you keep them in for that third time through the order, the more likely they're going to give up runs. And I realize there's a lot of Reds fans that are getting annoyed by it and and, and, and probably for the wrong reasons. And And maybe I'm one of those guys because of the way the stats go. Once you get to that, I know how it is when you get around that third, the th- when you come through the third time in the lineup. It just seems to me like at some point in time, I love – listen, I'm a sabermetrics guy. I enjoy sabermetrics. I enjoy the metrics. I think they need to be used by everybody. But at some point in time, if I'm looking at a starter that just struck out the side in the sixth and it's coming into the seventh inning, I want to give him a chance, Not especially for a guy like Castillo that's so young. I feel like he needs – Maybe I'm wrong, and I need you to tell me, Bobby. I need you to talk me off this ledge. I told you, Bobby. I told you to have to do it. <laughs> you might need to talk me off this ledge, but I feel like they need – sometimes they need a little uh, bump of confidence in that case to to say, look, I trust you. I trust you to get through here one more. I need you for one more inning. My bullpen's been wasted. I've thrown Lorenzen for three straight days and Garrett for three straight days. I need you to give me one more inning. And I just feel like that's kind of where the numbers, like like you said in the original, I mean, their staff ERA is fourth best in the majors. 
And I feel like it's one of those things that does play into it. I mean, their their bullpen has been really good for the majority of the season, and they've been able to get out of those type of situations where it hasn't really bit them that often. So I, I just think I understand where you're coming from. Where you know, I think I do I do think young starters have to get used to pitching in tough situations. But so far, it's worked, and, and until it doesn't, I, you know, I, yeah. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go the other way until it doesn't. Until it stops working. All right. So then we'll just wait until Amir Garrett does what he's done for the last two years, and his arm wears out, and then and then we'll <laughs> we'll go through that whole span, and 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 then everybody, then then Bell can start letting his pitchers go a little longer. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Now, yeah, Chris obviously doesn't like it. Whether you like it or not. It is working for the most part. For now, the most part, it, it's working a lot. This it, team, it this bullpen is fantastic. It is. It's not necessarily always translating to wins, which is the biggest thing. But we know that's, you know, a lot of that has to do with the offense, the way the offense has been. So, you know, you have, you have Winker, Vado, Puig, Peraza, Barnhart, all right around 200, not getting on base very often. I mean, Vado's on base percentage is 100 points lower than it usually is. It's you know, and these other guys are, you know, Winkers is pretty low. They're he, Winkers hitting the best out of all five of those guys I just I just mentioned, and he's hitting 221 right now. Up and down the now, Jose Iglesias has been the one really bright spot. Another three knocks tonight. And yeah, in this uh, in this order, but for the most part, you know, they're losing a lot of close games, a lot of one run, two run games, when. You know, when the staff is keeping the other team to two or three or four runs and they're just not able to scratch, they've been shut out a bunch. They shut other teams out, I think, more than anybody else in the league so far, but I think they've been shut out more than anybody else. Um, I'm pretty sure I saw that. What's going to have to happen? I mean, do you see – I'm one of, I think, many people who still feel like this offense is going to come around. We expected it to be really good. I still think it's going to, but we're almost in June. I mean, do you see it changing and what needs to change? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that's kind of confused everyone all season. I mean, the, the, the players kind of agree with everything you said. They they should be hitting a lot better. The team has kind of too much talent to kind of struggle the entire season. But I agree with you. I mean, we're two months in, and they, they've hit better in May. I mean, they've hit closer to league average, but it's still, you know, the bottom half of the league we're talking about, and, you you would have thought after all the additions they made they'd be towards the top of the top half of the you know major leagues let alone the national league so it's just one of those things that I, I don't know how they figure it out it's just one of those things where individually they just all have to start hitting better I think you see signs of it I mean like Yasiel Puig it seems like when he's getting out at least he's hitting the ball on the barrel he's hitting line drive outs he's He's making more solid contact, whereas Joey Votto, I mean, he just he doesn't look like the Joey Votto of old, and that's one of those things that, you know, no matter no matter whatever anyone says to him, it's just one of those things he has to figure out on his own mm-hmm. how to hit better. Now, Bobby, you've been around for, uh, what, a year and a half now? Yeah. A little mm-hmm. longer. So you, never, <clears throat> you were never here when Votto was at his MVP peak, and I've seen him swing through pitches that I've never seen Joey Votto miss before. Is he, is he at the age where he's on the decline? Maybe that's not the right question because obviously he's not rising. <clears throat> so I guess my real question is can you see in him when you know talking to him or just seeing him around, can you see the frustration in him, in, Vado's play, in Vado himself? Yeah, I think, I think he's definitely frustrated by the numbers, frustrated by the results he's had. 
he feels like he's hitting the ball better than what the numbers show. Um, just what he, just what he's talked about. It's just one of those things where he feels like it's a bad start to the year, and he's had bad starts before, and he's been able to hit his way out of it. You know, it's hard. It's hard to imagine a guy at his age he's going to be able to go on a run that he's kind of had when he's had his MVP seasons, where he's able to put in three straight months of great baseball. And we'll see if that happens. I mean, it's one of those guys that can you really count him out until it happens? Right. Um, but he he hasn't hit well, but he is confident that he will break out of it. He, He's one of those guys that I think he's going to remain confident until, you know, the clock kind of runs out on whether, you know, age is a factor or not. Yeah, and he's traditionally a slow starter, but it usually doesn't last this deep into May. He'll he'll have maybe a little bit of a slow April, and then he'll start tearing the cover off the ball in May and, and then usually – stay pretty consistent throughout the rest of the season. But, yeah, it's a little, little different. He looks a little different this year for sure. Um, but I'll tell you, Chris, I think you uh, I think you wanted to talk about uh, another one of the newcomers to the Reds. So, so yeah, definitely. So we got a guy, uh, Mr. Derek Dietrich, who we've talked about. We talked about uh, the first time you were on uh, when we asked you if there was anybody that gives – Jared Lorenzen a run for his money on the bicep side of things. <laughs> and we have all found out that it is without a doubt Derek Dietrich is uh, the other day on MLB Network when he lifted his shirt up and showed off the abs. Listen, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a heterosexual man. I have a wife and kids. But that's a good-looking man right there. <laughs> Boy sculpted out of clay or something. Anyway, he's fun. He's, he seems to be taking this city by storm. However, number one – is he going to be gone before the trade deadline? Is he one? I don't think so. You don't think so? You think he's sticking around? He's still he's still under contract just because he hasn't reached uh, six years of service time. So he's still so arbitration he, 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 eligible, right? I think he has one more year of arbitration. Okay. so it's not one of those guys you have to move. I thought he was. I thought he was one that only hit, that this was the last year. That's my fault. All right. So then my next question is: What do you think about Derek Dietrich? What are your thoughts on his on his mannerisms, his his his, you know, just him? It kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, Scooter Jeanette and and just the way that they like to have fun. They're kind of you know they're not afraid to show a goofy side. They keep things light. Yeah. Both left-handed hitters who can you know when they're when they're on they really really hit the ball well. Yeah. And he, you know he's having kind of the best season of his career, and part of that is just due he's not hitting in. Marlins Park, which was a huge park, and um, you know he's playing he's playing on a better team than he has, uh, at least in recent seasons with the Marlins. So I think he's more motivated, more, you know, he's a, he, you can obviously tell he's having a lot of fun while playing, and he's just he's just one of those guys that loves to keep it loose, and he does, and he does it very well. Now, would uh, so. <laughs> I'm trying to bring this up without figuring out a way to make Adam feel bad. Adam, Adam's not <laughs> Just a big, do it. Adam's not a big fan <laughs> of Derek Dietrich for one reason, and it was uh, against the Pirates when he stared at a home run. Uh, that yes, Yaziel, the day Yaziel Puig decided he was going to try to beat up the entire Pittsburgh Pirates <laughs> team, um, and he stared down that home run that he absolutely clobbered in Pittsburgh. Ever since then, Adam's done with Dietrich. Me, I think that's the greatest thing that's ever happened. I say do the moon do the moonwalk to first base in a couple. Yeah, what Joey Votto said that he wants next time uh, Puig hits a home run, he wants him to do a cartwheel on his way to first base. So, I enjoy this. I think baseball needs people to have fun. Is is the 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 length of time he stares he stares down those home runs because it's not just that one. He does it almost every time he hits one. Is that too far? 
I don't think so. I, I, that I mean, a boy. He, he wears a T-shirt that says "Let the kids play." Yes. I mean, it's, just, it's kind. Of, it's kind of the new age. I mean, I, I understand why. You know, you know, some people might not like guys staring at the ball, the bat flips, and all that. Hey, listen, um, you, Amir Garrett is a perfect example that he, when he strikes somebody out, he jumps up, he gets pumping his fist and cheering. Why right, can't yeah. when I, when I hit one off you? Why can't I stare it down? And that, yeah, Amir would make that same point. I mean, he would say, you know, if if they're allowed to, you know, watch home runs, I should be allowed to celebrate strikeouts, and no one has their feelings hurt. Exactly. So. Yeah, for for me, and and I'll tell you what, Chris and I spent almost an entire podcast arguing about this <laughs> after <laughs> after that happened. But uh, and we're t- on totally opposite ends here. But I will say, I will tell you that. Pretty much every single person I've talked to about that has disagreed with me, so I feel like I'm probably the one that's wrong here. I, I felt like that one specifically against Chris Archer was a little different than than looking at the home run for a second or whatever. And then I felt like he, he camped out, he, he set up a tent in the batter's box after he hit that thing, and he took a nap, and he got up, and he made some, some lunch or something, and then he started – slowly walking to first but that's what it looked like to me bobby were you at the game i was yeah i mean there's no there's no arguing he definitely admired the home run he definitely <laughs> took his time running to first the thing i would say is just he never looked towards archer he never said anything towards archer exactly it was more you know he admired the home run but it wasn't like he was saying you know it, it wasn't like he was punching chris archer it's exactly but, that's exactly what, oh i'm sorry go ahead but oh no yeah, yeah. i was just saying you know i, I don't i don't think i, I don't feel like a pitcher should be offended when, you know, it wasn't like he was showing him up. It wasn't like he was showing him up. Like we talked, like I, I, my, my explanation was um, um, Bryce Harper when he was in the minors and hit a home run off some pitcher and ran his mouth the whole time down to first base directly at the pitcher. That's a different story. If you're talking to the pitcher, I think that's different or staring him down or doing something like that. But if you're excited or you're proud, I mean, that's it. Listen. Hitting a 98 mile an hour fastball is one of the most difficult things to do. Much less hitting a you know in a 90 mile an hour slider. I mean, you when you get a hold of a pitch like that, I don't see why it's a big deal. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. And I mean, I, you know, it, it seems like it's one of those things that really resonates with younger fans. And it, baseball has to draw more young fans. And you know, it's just one of those things. It's kind of it's kind of like basketball when you dunk on a guy. You know, you're allowed to celebrate. Exactly. Um, you know, you just keep playing. Yeah, that Adam doesn't like that either. <laughs> He's a huge basketball guy, but he wants everybody to be Kawhi Leonard and Tim Duncan. Yeah. <laughs> that would be that would be excellent. No, I look, I love that Derek Dietrich has fun. I love that he brings you know, he entertains people by how good he's played, first of all. And then you know, doing the the thing with the beekeeper suit and the 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 tool belt going out like he's gonna fix yeah. the lights in Oakland, you know that was all great stuff. Um, I, I I just have had a little bit. It was really just that one incident where I felt like, and I look, I understand from his perspective, from Dietrich's perspective, that he wasn't trying, he wasn't doing that to show up, Chris Archer. But I just feel like I also understand from Chris Archer's perspective why he might have felt like he was showing him up a little bit. So, I don't know. I don't hate Dietrich or anything like that. I want him to continue to have fun and do things like he was doing, um, you know, with the with the beekeeper thing and all that kind of stuff. It, that's great. And I think, yeah, I'm going to come around on him eventually. It's just still f- fresh enough to me where I'm like, look, make sure you run to first base because those are the rules of baseball. And you got to start running to first base <laughs> after you hit it. Um, 
But anyway, um, I, I, I wanted to, there's something I wanted to ask you last time that I've just, and I just thought about it again the other day. In this job, have you, now you've been doing this, you know, you've been on the beat for the Reds for, like we said, I think you said you came uh, last May, I want to say. Yep, did the Did the rest of, this, rest of the season and then you're on this year. Um, and, and then you did cover the Tigers for a year. Have you been in a situation where you had to write something, um, I, I don't know if negative is the right word, or just, you know, kind of pointing out that, you know, things aren't going well for this player, for this manager. They did, you know, they, you know, made an error or whatever they did. Their on-base percentage is way low or something. Have you written anything where you felt like, you know what, if this guy sees this, he might have an issue with it, and then you're nervous about maybe facing him the next day or something. Have you been in that experience? I mean, I've definitely, you know, you write things, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's been situations. I mean, I know there's situations where guys haven't uh, liked what I wrote, but it's one of those things where I try to stick to, uh, you know, I don't try to take cheap shots. Yeah. I try to keep it mostly like the numbers are the numbers, you know. Yes. If you made an error, you made an error. I, I mean, player, players know that too. It's just one of those things where, you know, obviously they're the ones putting everything on the line. They're the competitors. You know, there's a reason they got to the major leagues. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things that, sure, they, they can get upset over things, but I don't take it personally, and usually they don't after a day or two. It's just one of those things where, heat of the moment, you might get upset over something that's written, but I, I, that's why I try to keep, stay away from cheap shots so it's not one of those things where people can say it, t- it gets personal or something like that. Right, yeah, and you are always per, always very professional, and you state the facts. It's not like you're saying this guy stinks. You're saying, you know, Joey Votto's on base is 318 right now, and that's part of the you know reason that stuff like that, I'm sure. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, all did, right. did all you right. ever did you ever see from a few years ago when C. Trent Rosecrans and Brandon Phillips had a little uh, – a little issue. Well, Phillips oh, had a yeah, little yeah. issue with him. Did you see that one? Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I remember watching it. I think I was in college when it happened, or maybe right after. But I definitely remember watching it, and I've talked to him about it. You know, it's just one of those things where, you know, you have those disagreements, and obviously that one played out because it was in front of a TV camera. And, yep. You know, everyone got to see what happened. Um, I, 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 you know, that that was probably more extreme than anything I've dealt with. I mean, I don't, I've never had a player, you know, walk into a manager's office to complain about something. <laughs> but it's just one of those things where, you know, you have to remember players are, you know, they got to they got to that place because they are ultra competitive. They mm-hmm. are the, you know, they they do have egos. They do like to, you know, feel good about themselves. And it's one of those things where, you know, the numbers say one thing, and you know, players will disagree. I get it a lot with, uh, you know, fielding statistics and fielding metrics. It's advanced stats. Um, you know, players feel like they're a better fielder than maybe the numbers say, and you know, I. I, I I understand where they're coming from. They put a lot of hours into it. You know, you work on it every single day, but it's just one of those things where the numbers say one thing and, you know, they might not like it, but it's just how they react to it. And it's one of those things that usually it cools down. I mean, usually it doesn't play out in front of a TV camera like C. Trent's did with Brandon Phillips. Poor guy. Right. Yeah. Poor guy. That was Uh, uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable (laughs) for me to watch. (laughs) And I love Brandon Phillips, but it was a little uncomfortable for me. Um, so can you tell me why we had we got we got a guy uh, listening here right now? He wants to know: Do you have any idea, or are there times? Why are there weird points in the schedule where the Brewers have a day off tomorrow, the Reds are just going to Chicago, and yet we play a day game today? 
doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I would think it's up to the, you know, you know, it's obviously up to the schedule makers, but I would think Milwaukee, there must be a reason they wanted it to be a day game instead of a night game. And, you know, I don't think the players mind. I mean, it's just a bus drive down, so you kind of get two full days off, or at least one and a half days off. It's just weird because uh, Milwaukee's, Milwaukee's got a day off, and then they're still at home, and the Reds are only going to Chicago. <laughs> Not like it's that far. But I don't it could know. be one of those things where Chicago this weekend it's all day games. So if you played a night uh, game, it kind of shortens gotcha. your, you know, your chance of yeah, you know, a full be. day off. That could be. All right. Do you prefer day games over night games? Uh, I prefer like the middle afternoon games, yeah. uh, like the four o'clock starts. Ah, okay. That way you get you get some time to go uh, go get the party on afterwards, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. You don't have to get up at. 6 a.m. and you don't have to go to bed at 2 a.m. Right? right? I mean, you're it's right, right in yeah. the middle. So it's so, one of those things where at least you can sleep at a normal, you know, a reasonable time. Right. right. So you got this weekend off, uh, or this? I'm sorry, not this week, not this weekend, but the next what? Three days off. Uh, yeah, correct. Three, so you got the next three days off. What's Bobby Nightingale do for for fun in the city of Cincinnati for three days? Where are you heading to? Where's your favorite spots? It's a good question. Uh, Tonight I went to a brewery in Covington, uh, Blackston Brewery. Nice, yeah. Um, tomorrow I'm going to Green Diamond Gallery. It's kind of a mini Hall of Fame type thing in Montgomery. I think it's Montgomery, Ohio. Yeah. Um, so looking forward to that, and then we'll see what the weekend brings. It's one of those things that I'm one of those guys that always checks with, you know, like the things to do in Cincinnati, like food festivals and that type of thing. I, I I try to do that. I, I live close to downtown. So. Oh, yeah. You got Italian Fest coming up. You got a lot of good things going on downtown here coming yeah. up here mm-hmm. soon. So uh, hopefully it'll be a lot of fun for you. Yeah, I always look forward to those. I went to like four or five food fests last year. and Just something to do. Listen, there, if, there's, if there's anything that hits me close to the heart, it's a food festival. <laughs> <laughs> have you been to – have you hit the – did you go to the Gleer's Getta Fest last year? Yeah, I did. It was my first time trying Getta, which – I, I liked it in small doses. I don't think I could eat it like bacon or something, but really, you know, I'll, 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 I could eat it like once every few weeks. Or it so. just depends on how you had it, though. Because if you have a ghetto burger, that's way different than just having some ghetto with your eggs or something like that. I did a ghetto donut. That was the that was oh. kind of the the big one I tried. I'm gonna have to tell you, I've been in Cincinnati for 36 years, <laughs> and I've never had a ghetto donut. <laughs> That's a first for me. Same here. I'm not a big Geta guy, really. No. I'm uh, born and raised in Cincinnati, what? not a Geta guy. I love Geta. But I'll tell you what, Skyline, what's your opinion on Skyline? Oh, I have to I'll come clean here. I have not been to Skyline yet. Okay. Hold on a second. Hold you haven't on. been. Bobby, 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 Bobby. <laughs> I know, I know. Is... You haven't been I've to Skyline? I've been, been here a year. I feel like the statute of limitations ran out. And... Yeah, now, after now the second week. <laughs> after the second week. You have not been to Skyline? I mean, I haven't even tried Cincinnati chili yet. I mean, not None? Even, just not even just Skyline. I haven't done Gold Star. No yet Gold Star. No, no Price Hill chili. No Empress chili. No Cape does, Washington chili. Does it look unappealing to you? Is that why you haven't tried it? No, I'm willing to try it. It's just one of those things where just I, I feel like around. I have to be in a certain mood to eat it, and every time it's happened, I've missed the opportunity. Wow. Man, I feel like I want to take you out for your first skyline. Thing now. <laughs> I, I, I'm in I'm in sales, and that whenever there's people in town from out of from out of state, I that's the only place I take them when they come here. I take them straight to skyline. 
it's one of those things I, ha- I have to do soon, but I just ha- I haven't got it done yet. But maybe we could make a group effort out of this. There we go. There we'll go. do it. We're gonna, hey, I'll tell you what. Skyline on us. We'll make, we'll <laughs> make, it, we'll make it happen. You, you, yeah. you talk with Adam. We'll make it happen. Skyline's on me. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Hey, I really appreciate your time. We'll let you get to it. You got a, uh, you got a few days off. Uh, yeah, and enjoy those. Big holiday weekend coming up. So have some fun, yeah, man. Wish I, yeah, thanks for having me. I wish I could enjoy the holiday, but we're going to have a doubleheader on Monday, so oh, yeah. I'm kind of bracing myself for that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they, you're going to need the rest of the next three days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, we appreciate it a lot. Have a great day, and I'm serious about that skyline, man. I'm taking you up on it. We're, I'm yeah, taking I'm you not, there. I'm definitely down for it. All right, that sounds Thanks good. a lot, Bobby. We appreciate it. Yeah, man. thanks for having me. All right, that's Bobby Nightingale, Reds beat writer, Cincinnati Enquirer. Second time on with us, great, great guy. And and I'm pretty excited now. I get to take another person to their first Skyline experience. (laughs) I may have mentioned this on the show before, but and I don't – he's not going to hear it now, but I went 14 days in a row once. Without Skyline? No, I went 14 days to Skyline in a row. Oh, how could you not have said that while we were on the phone I know, yeah. I feel like – I should have said he that. He needs to understand that. <clears throat> oh, that's funny. Wow, 14 days in a row for 14 real? 14 days in a row one time, Good yeah. Good night, dude. That's yeah. getting a little That's getting a little. <laughs> oh, it's out of hand. It's that's no a, question That's quite hand. a bit out of hand. Uh, so that's, that's uh, that. like we said, Bobby Knight. Oh, I didn't ask him for his Twitter handle, which is NightingaleJR. Uh, man, screwed, screwed up the uh, no, no, no. end. Well, but we can say it right now. Yeah, at Nightingale Jr. Catch him. He's a great follow. A ton of awesome stories. Cincinnati Enquirer beat writer. Um, and I love that he loves Derek Dietrich and his <laughs> shenanigans. I don't know if he said he loves him, but he uh, enjoy he, he su- enjoys him. He supports. He supports, he supports him. him. He supports the way he's having fun. Yeah. And. Uh, I'm I remain solo in my opinion about <laughs> no I I'm I really am trying to come around on Dietrich I really really am I'm I'm still I'm still a little a little bit stuck on that on that Chris Archer home run I'm hey, gonna get tell over Chris it. Archer to start being stop being such a hothead you know stop punching and, sh- and shoving his fist in the air every time he strikes somebody out he strikes a side out or something and then maybe when I hit a home run off of him I'll uh, not sit and camp out in the d- batter's box. See, but but the thing is, Chris Arch. No, we don't. No, we're not going to get into this. All right, uh, look, it let's, can get let's there do quick. It. We can get there. <laughs> we quick. can get there. We quick. can get there. We quick. almost just did. Um, I'm proud <laughs> of you. I'm proud of you for holding back. We're we're holding back on that because we can go on and on. We have a million things to talk about Holy in the NBA. Cow. A million. What an oh my gosh! I don't even know where to start. The NBA is getting hot and heavy in the playoffs. Obviously, it's getting absolutely. Uh, fun and exciting to watch. Now we are the Western Conference was a sweep, so we don't even get to. I mean, there's really nothing to talk about except for the <laughs> fact that uh, I don't know. KD didn't play a single game, and the Warriors look better than they've looked all year. I would agree with that. I mean, I would agree I, with that. We talked last last week. We talked about how KD being gone, uh, where th- it it. We didn't want to say that the Warriors were a better team without him, but we're definitely not saying that they're a worse team without him either. They're just different. They're just different. And I think that and, and it's hard. I, and listen, here I am. I'm going to get trapped in this in this in the moment, you know, what I just saw. I'm going to get trapped in it cuz I don't know that the Dame L- the the Damian Lillard Portland Trailblazers were the best Western Conference, you know, 
uh, opponents to really give them uh, any kind of trouble. However, you can't tell me that this team actually doesn't look better without Kevin Durant. Not, hold on, maybe not better, but look like they're definitely having more fun. They do look like they're having more fun, and I'll tell you a guy who looks like he's having way more fun, more than anybody, is Draymond Green. Dray- you think he's having more fun than Steph Curry is right now? Steph Curry. I Steph- do. <laughs> Draymond's having fun. I'll give you that. Steph's having some fun right now, too. Steph's like, oh, yeah, y'all remember me? That's right. Yeah, two-time MVP. Yeah, maybe you forgot. Draymond Green's having fun because he gets to run this offense. I mean, he's running this offense. He's the point guard right now. He is. And 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 I love the way he's pushing the ball like a like a De'Aaron Fox and and like these really quick, <laughs> these really fast point All guards right. that go coast right, to coast. Chris. No, but right, Chris. I'm, I'm I'm telling you, it's okay, no, he's not that fast, but he is pushing the pace to try to get there, which which puts pressure on the defense to get back and have to defend in transition where they are at their best in transition cutting off of cutting off of the of the break and the secondary break setting screens for each other and he is he's he's made great decisions with the basketball he's such a good passer he doesn't have to score he scored a little more than his than his average during the season in this series but he's He's a triple-double machine right now because he has the ball in his hands so much more yep. because it's not sticking in KD's hands. And same with Steph. I mean, Steph's getting Steph, Steph's getting open looks without Kevin Durant spacing the floor for him because they are just so oh much gosh. freer to, to move and spread the floor and set screens, and it's, it's concentrated on those two big-time shooters rather than throwing it to KD, who's posting up 30 feet from the basket, and then he's making a one-on-one move or whatever, which works for them as well. But it's just more fun to watch. Steph Curry reminds me of Reggie Miller in this. It reminded me of watch. It was like watching Reggie Miller uh, back in the day. He, 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 he's going off eight screens every time down the court or yep. more. Yep. Or more. And you know who the who the biggest impact player on this team, and I'm going to agree with you, it's exactly what you just said, without a doubt is Draymond Green. Draymond Green, like you said, is running this offense by the point and the point as it basically as the point guard, basically. Yes. But if you watch him when Steph's running off these screens, I bet seventy five percent of them are set by Draymond Green. It's like he knows exactly where he's going to be, and he doesn't care about getting the ball one bit. He's going making sure that his shooters are getting open. It's You know how I feel about Draymond Green. That is not my guy. Right. But I'm impressed with his play, and, and I enjoyed watching him in this Western Conference, maybe because he stopped arguing with the ref so it, much. It's exactly what I was going to say, and he's so much more enjoyable to watch when he's playing like the way he is playing right now, and he – talked in between games three and four when when he was asked about this why are you what's going on with this why are you this different guy suddenly like why you know he is not his body language is so different he has he is not he'll he's talking to the refs but he's doing it in a different way than he was doing it before he doesn't have a face on that looks like he's screaming at his at he's his seven-year-old son for painting on the wall or something he, he's not flailing his hands and stomping around and he he talked about that, you know. They asked him why. He talked about watching himself and being disgusted with that, being tired of watching himself on film behave the way he's behaved for most of his career, and and 
act the way he acts toward the officials when he's not happy with whatever's going on on the floor, getting after teammates and stuff like he did with KD earlier in the year. And he even referenced that. You know, he said when KD and I got into it that time earlier this year, he said something to me that stuck with me. And that was everybody's giving you a pass because you're an emotional guy. Everybody says that's just Draymond. He's just emotional. He's just he's just going to do that. And he said, Kevin told me, you're not emotional. I've seen you. I've seen you locked in and not say a word to the officials. You're not emotional. That's just a pass that everybody's giving you. That's that's BS. I don't buy it. And he said that 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 stayed with me. You know, he was Draymond Green was is a totally different guy right now. I mean, he's admitting that's, that wow. his body language stinks, that he he is intentionally using that energy for for positive things. And we heard it um it, after was it game 2 or 3 when uh who was it? Jordan Bell missed a dunk. They they showed Draymond Green was was miked and they showed a little later in the game he, they went to they lined up on the free throw line somebody was shooting free throws after that and he went to Jordan Bell. He's like Hey, did he miss a shot? Pointed at Steph. Has he missed a shot today? Jordan Bell said yes. Has he missed a shot? Pointed to Clay. Yes. Pointed to whoever else was on Iguodala, whoever was on the. He missed a shot. I missed a shot. We've all missed shots. Who cares? You just missed a shot. Doesn't matter. Keep playing. I mean, he was. And then they went to the bench and he kept talking to him about it. Like, I mean, he is a positive reinforcement for his teammates right now. He is not yelling at officials and acting like a moron. And and he and he also talked about his kids. He has small kids, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and his his son plays on his little hoop in the house. And he was like flopping and stomping around as he's as he's shooting and dunking on his hoop. And he realized like, man, this I don't want him to be that way. He's being like his dad. Yeah, he's just taking after dad. And I can't I believe hope... that I'm hearing that from Draymond Green. You know, last year Charles Barkley, uh, he came up. And Charles Barkley was giving him a hard time after every game, halftime of every game. And he came up and talked to those guys, Eddie and Charles and and all those guys. Eddie? Ernie? Um, Eddie? What am I talking about? <laughs> Ernie and, and Charles and, and – I think you I think you combined Ernie and Kenny maybe. Maybe that was it. Yeah, <laughs> Kenny, Shaq, the whole nine. So, anyway, uh, Kenny and Shaq were trying to throw Charles, uh, Charles Barkley under the bus. <laughs> like, listen, you know – tell him. Tell him what you said. Tell him what you said. And he kept looking at Charles. Charles was like, look, I'm gonna tell you straight up. You're you're this this whining and crying and bull that you do is too you know is too much. And he said, listen, I'm, you know, I appreciate you saying it to my face. And I'm gonna tell you the truth that I I when I watch the games afterwards, it gets on my nerves. That's what he. This was last year. So this started last year. Yeah. But it, when he when he gets on the floor, the emotions were coming out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, he cussed. He called Kevin. He called Kevin Durant a. He dropped a. He dropped a b word on him in the middle of the game. Told him he's being a little b. Yeah. You know, it's he's an emotional player. I don't think there's anything wrong with that as long as he can figure out how to well, check it, and he's figured out how to check it correctly. If he can continue this way, I may not hate Draymond Green as much as I used to. Oh, I'm going to be a big fan of him if he continues this through, stop kicking, through the rest stop of the Stop kicking playoffs. people in the, in the nads. <laughs> stop purposely trying to hurt people. I don't, I'm not a fan of that, and I'm not a fan of the screaming and yelling. You wanna, I love physical play. Don't get me wrong. Love that. Get physical. Get down low. Throw a body on somebody. Do your thing. But when you're purposely trying to do stuff, trip them. Little, little bull crap like that. Trip them. Kick them in the nads. I'm not – that. 
not game on that. But if he continues what they did there now, at the same time, they're winning. They just swept Portland. It's real easy. It's real, and there were a couple good games in there. Yeah. But it's real easy to stay that way when you when you run through somebody like that and you feel that confidence coming. So we'll see what happens uh, in the next round because now we have the Bucks and we got and we have Toronto who they're going to have to face one of those two. And the Bucks are the last two games in Toronto are not looking anything like they have over the rest of this season. They can't shoot. Their defense is lacking to say, well, maybe not. The defense hasn't been as bad, but they're not shooting well at all. Giannis is the only one that even decided to play basketball in game three. Game four, they had a few others. Giannis struggled a little bit in, the, in game four, but mm-hmm. I just don't uh, – I, I, this, is, this is a tough deal. We, we, you know, I think I said six games and it would be Toronto. This could go seven and just be a – Home team, whoever's home wins. Yeah, which is going to be the Bucks if it goes seven. But and that's the thing. So the Bucks won the first two games, looked pretty good, and then uh, Toronto took care of their home court too. So now we're back to zero. It's basically zero zero, and it's a three. It's a five game series. It's now. a it's, it's three game. It's a three now, game sorry. series now. Yeah. Um. So but so two of those three are in Milwaukee. I can definitely see this staying a. The home team wins thing. I, I really can. I can. I still pick the Bucks to win this series. Mm-hmm. I think they either win the next. Well, that's the only way it can happen. They either win the next two, or they win, t- <laughs> or they job. win game five. They're, they're going to have to win two. Don't know where, but that, they're going to have to win but two. That's, that's what I mean. I, they're either going to win. They're going to. I think they're going to win game five. Okay. And then they're either going to win game six or seven. I don't think because it's possible that they lose game five and still win the series. I don't. Th- I think it goes back to Milwaukee. I think they make the correct adjustments. I I believe in Mike Budenholzer, and I think that I think they're going to make the necessary adjustments. I think they're going to understand what they need to do differently, what they didn't do well, why Giannis had 12 points or whatever it was last game, um, and they're going to you know restrap in on defense and make sure they're making it difficult for everybody. Kawhi is not exactly Kawhi right now. He he. Oh no, he's hurt. He's been terrific. Sti- he's been still good. He's. I, I said no, terrific. Game I don't four was terrific. a little rough for him. It they was. won, but it was a little rough for him. And, and and because he's hurt, but the you know, his teammates stepped up. Lowry's been actually pretty good. He's he's, um, come out of that not completely. He still has that stigma of disappearing in the playoffs, but he's been pretty decent this series so he far. He still disappears throughout the even throughout this this playoffs even through right. this playoffs he's disappeared in games he has he has um and you you expect an all-star level from him and all-stars don't do that norman powell has been the last two games where this dude come from he's uh, he can't miss a he he hits every big shot they need he every does. big three's been this pal he does and you have you you have the one of the best benches in the league for the last few years those guys had to step up again fred van vliet all those guys you know, they stepped up games three and four. They did what they needed to do to supplement Kawhi because he needed the help, a little extra help. Um, so he's got to concentrate on getting healthy. Kawhi does. I don't know if he's actually going to get healthy before the end of it's the playoffs. It's not going to happen. Right. But um, but rehab the heck out of that thing. Um, he's still going to play a bunch of minutes, even if he's hurt. I think we, you know, we know that. It's the playoffs. There's You're not going to play bigger games than this, so – you, if you're going to play hurt ever, it's going to be right now. Um, but they have to get that same 
that same level of production from their bench, from their role players, the other guys on that team, uh, the same way they did in the last two games for these next three or two or however many it takes. Like I said, still believe very strongly in the Bucks. I still think the Bucks are going to beat the Warriors in seven games in the finals. Um, I hate to jump ahead like that when this game, when this series I don't is tied. I don't, I don't, I'm going to tell you right now, I told you before, I, this Toronto Raptors team has the experience that the Bucks just don't have, and the Bucks are showing it right now. They're, if if these guys if if Borat or Nikolic or whatever that Man, dude's Miritich. big giant Miritich <laughs> Borat looking fellow can't hit a shot then they're in trouble <laughs> and if they don't have guys shooting for them Bledsoe's been okay throughout throughout this this series uh, but they're, they're big guys that they count on just haven't been there Middleton and Brogdon are going to be fine. Those guys are shooters. They have enough shooters. Brooke Lopez was one of the best three-point shooters in the league this year. They have enough shooters. If Miritich doesn't shoot the ball well, they are still going I to just score. Wanted, I just wanted to talk about him because I think he looks like Borat. <laughs> I don't know if I see that. but uh, put, it I know, on, put it on the poll, Allison. <clears throat> Allison, please put it on the poll. We'll see what everybody says. Um, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Allison. Uh don't you ever listen to the Levitard show? That <laughs> All right. Put it on uh, pole. No, I'm I'm at work during that time. Oh yeah, oh, so. I'm at <laughs> I, work too. I do I do like the uh, you get to drive around in your car a lot though. I do. Um, anyway, I do believe still in the Bucks. I think they're going to do it. Um, the biggest story in this series, though, for me right now, the biggest thing I care about the most. Please ban Drake from these games. Time out before we ban get to, Drake. Before we get to Drake. Before we get to Drake. Tell me. Tell let tell tell me about training. Personally. Okay. Before we get to Drake, because if we're gonna get into some goofy stuff, I think we need to transition. It, it, it's because I'm about to get goofy with this. Okay. We're gonna get goofy with that, and then we're gonna talk about Magic Johnson and some nah, goofy I'm stuff there. I'm gonna get really goofy with that too. Chris, no matter your level of fitness, beginner, intermediate, advanced, if you like to be challenged and want the benefit of working with a personal trainer without the cost of a personal trainer training personally with peggy edwards is the gym for you training personally is interval circuit training for all levels with a personal trainer at your pace on your time peggy edwards keeps workouts fresh safe fun you can find peggy edwards training personally with peggy edwards on facebook on instagram and at trainingpersonally.com. now I don't. I, I'm not looking for any transition. I'm looking for, or no. You know let's what? Let's go into Drizzy. You go. Talk about Drizzy. Come on, let's get into Drizzy. Okay. Let's get Drizzy. Okay. Let's get Drizzy with it. Let me tell you something. First off, so I've never heard of a team having an ambassador, uh, but I guess when you're in Canada, you do different things. So Drake is the ambassador of the Toronto Raptors, which I guess just means that you get to sit on the floor right next to the coach. My favorite part before you get too before we get too far into this, I'm watching this and they just keep talking about Drake acting like Spike Lee because Reggie Miller was doing the game and they're just like Spike Lee, Spike Lee, Spike Lee, Spike Lee. First off, he's not Spike Lee. Second off, he's <laughs> I mean he's Drake, right? The dude's I don't know. Anyway, that I don't even know <laughs> what I'm saying about all that. All I want to say is my favorite part of the whole deal was they cut over to Nick Nurse. Mm -hmm. A part of the game. Mm -hmm. And Drake's behind him, rubbing his shoulders, giving him a shoulder massage. I, oh my gosh, 
I want to clip that and make that my screensaver. Like every time I turn my phone on, Drake's giving this dude a massage on the court. He's on the court in the middle of the game. In the middle, this is Nick Nurse. Nick Nurse wasn't sitting down, and he went behind him. No, Nurse was standing up at half court talking to somebody. Something had just happened. Kawhi made something, and he ran over and gave him a little, gave him a quick little shoulder rub, and walked back over to his seat, which just so happens to be right next to Nick Nurse's. I lost my mind when I saw that. I'm so tired of the guy. This isn't the All Star game. He can do all that garbage during the All-Star game. He has a running – he tries to keep a running dialogue with players going yeah. up and down the floor and during during free throws and stuff. He's standing up. He has a first-row seat. Look, he's a rich man. He's famous. Everybody – you know, a lot of people love him, love his music and everything. That's fine. <clears throat> that doesn't make you – that doesn't give you the ability to be different than any other fan. You are paying for that seat. You I don't know that he's paying for that seat. He's maybe the, not. They gave they made him the ambassador of the Raptors or whatever. He's got a he's got an office. You know, I don't think he's ever there. But the dude like he is employed by the Toronto Raptors. <laughs> Which is silly, but I don't even care about that. That doesn't even if you're employed even if you're employed by them. I don't know that he's employed. You are not I don't that. think he's employed. He's not employed. They didn't name him that though. I mean he's got a position. He's an ambassador like any other famous person who says, I like this team is an ambassador. Yeah, but for they that named team. him that. They want him there. They, they gave they, him some like diamond encrusted jacket the other night, that night, and he it was I don't know, it worth like seven hundred thousand dollars or something like that. I don't understand all that. I don't care about that either. You cannot. You aren't allowed. You're not part of the game. You can cheer and be happy. He's on the court, literally, physically going on the court. Walking up and down the sideline. Yeah. Trying to talk to players in the middle of the game. Listen, I mean, taunting. Did, people did do that. I mean, there are people that talk to players throughout the game. It's just it's sitting Drake. from their seat. Exactly, exactly. Not getting up and, and doing dances when yeah. you're when Giannis airballs a free throw and yelling stuff at him while he's at the free throw line because he just airballed a free throw. Shut your mouth! Don't. Why are you? You can't be allowed to do that. There needs to be security. Security needs to do their job there. Security needs to do their job. I'm so worked up about this. Security needs to do their job and make him behave with the same. Every sporting event you go to, I can tell you, the Reds game, NBA games, you go to any sporting event, they have that list, that little speech that they give before yep. the game. Yep. The fan code of conduct. Everybody is expected to behave a certain way. He is getting away with Every single point that they <laughs> tell you not to do. Let me tell you something. At basketball games, and I'm assuming the NBA games are, are the same way, uh, but at Xavier games, I know if you sit on the court, there's a card on every single seat, and it says having this seat, the courtside seat, you are held to a different standard than everyone else in that entire stadium. Yes. And you have a list. There's a list of ten things that you can and cannot do. One of them is stand up during the game. That's the other thing. We've talked about Listen, this before. I got no You're problem. You're blocking with, people's view. I got no problem standing up and cheering and stuff like that. I, You know me. But I'm going to tell you right now, I know for a fact that those courtside seats, it tells you no matter that you are not supposed to be doing that. You aren't supposed to be doing that like, because but it's But don't called, get me wrong, though. I love standing up and cheering for your boys. But not when everybody else behind you is sitting down. 
Yes. Not when not when you're you're just up trying to have a dialogue with Giannis to taunt him because you think it's your job to get in his head because you're going to help your team win that way. No. It's you not are a team. fan like everybody else. You need to behave that way. Don't let Drake walk up and down the sideline. Don't touch the coach. Don't touch the coach in the middle of the game. He gives all the players fives when they come yes, out of the game. Exactly. Yeah. Like he's on the he, you aren't on the bench. I don't care if you are the very first seat next to the bench. You aren't on the bench. You are not mm. on the team. You are not welcome to do now, I know the Raptors welcome him to do that. I'm not I'm not good with that. <laughs> Adam is not welcoming I'm you. I'm not welcoming Drake, that. Adam is not welcoming you even though your your country and your province or wherever the hell you are up there is allowing you Adam's not. So stop. Behave right? like a behave like a fan is supposed to behave. All right, so here's the, I don't care that you're famous and you know all these guys personally. I don't care. Don't stand up when everybody else is sitting down. You're blocking somebody's view. Don't have a running dialogue with the players. You aren't part of this game. You aren't part of the game. Cheer like a fan. Be a fan. That's fine. You can do some of that, but don't try to be involved in every game. You aren't. You are just a fan. Yeah. Rant complete. I don't think we're done. I have, I, 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 I have one, one thing to say about Drake. And I I appreciate a good fan. I really do. I appreciate a guy who enjoys his team. A good fan. I I think that means something a little different than I think you do. But this guy, I don't I I I just what's going to happen? Here's what's going to happen. He's going to get a T. He's going to get a technical. They the ref somebody's going to call a technical on him and once that finally happens, you'll see this get in check. But until then, Toronto is going to let him do what he wants to do anytime he wants to do it. Now, the, what's going on here now where instead of talking about Game 5, you have the Bucks coach talking about Drake and why is he allowed on the court and all this stuff. Maybe that's what it's going to take for people to start realizing, oh, wait, that's right. He's not part of the bench. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. Get off the floor. That's a technical, uh, that's a warning. Next time you have a fan enter the court in your home arena, it's a technical foul. Now, when that happens, I think you'll finally start to see Toronto actually uh, take some action in, in in this case. I don't think they're going to give him a technical. I think if anything, they would if the officials would get involved, which they can. It'll be a warning. Of it'll some be kind. a warning. It'll be you are not, you can't be coming on to even up to, even up to the sideline. Stay off. You have to stay in the same zone that every other fan is expected to stay in. Mm-hmm. Okay. The referees can get involved that way. They can say that. I don't think. I think that's all they would do is say, we need you to stay back. You can't. You can't come this far forward. Stay back. I think, though, like you said, Mike Budenholzer and Giannis's representation um, have both spoken up about that after that game. That, and I think that's gonna. I think that's gonna be enough. I hope. I hope Will he's he, a little embarrassed by that. I don't and think he, he is. I think he thinks it's great. He thinks he that he's does. in their head. He thinks he's doing, quote unquote, his job. So, when does the NBA step in? 
and do something about it. When does when does Silver Adam Silver say, "Look, Toronto, uh, look the, what, what or hey, or look Drake. Uh, you know he's got to have a relationship with Drake. Sure. Drake, listen, what you do for the NBA is phenomenal, and and we love having you as part of this of this uh, entertainment value of the game." We just need you to tone it down a hair. I believe that the the reins have gotten let go of a little longer than they should have been. It, but but to that point, they might not because not only is he an ambassador for the Raptors, he's an ambassador for the entire league. I mean, he's a big basketball fan. Exactly, huge. Loves the NBA. Loves. I mean, he's he's big on the whole thing. And he's beloved in the rap community by tons of fans and everything. I don't know if he's beloved in the rap community, but I, I think he is. He's one of the most famous. Rappers, there are. I thought I mean, a bunch of these new young kids are always making fun of him. Probably because just because that's the popular thing to do. Because oh, he you. because he was so popular. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I I I agree with you that the NBA could also step in. I mean, it could be security, it could be the officials, and it could I be think, the NBA. No, I don't. I think the officials and I think security. I don't think that's where it's going to happen from, and I don't think that's where it should happen from. I think this needs to be handed down from Adam Silver himself. Not nothing that comes out personally, no, nothing, not personally, but uh, uh, publicly, mm-hmm. no, nothing in a note or a press conference, just a simple, just a simple DM. How about that? I'm yeah. fine with a DM. Shoot, 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 you slip into his DMs or something, or, uh, you know, give him a little, shoot him a text or, or a Snapchat or a chat snap or, you know, hit him up on a FaceTube, you know, just say, hey, listen, my brother, because I, I know nobody calls any people anymore. So heaven forbid they actually pick the phone up and make a phone call. No, I'm, I would say that if that happened, that is probably the way that he would do it. I think Adam Silver would make a phone call. Yeah, Adam Silver definitely looks like a phone call guy. He does. He's not a chat snapper. I know exactly what tweet, you mean by he that. He ain't tweeting. <laughs> He's a big goofball. He's without a doubt not not doing that. And the best commissioner in sports. Yes. No, there's no doubt about that either. But that's why I think he – and he's always gets ahead of things like this and and – I, I can see something like that happen. I hope it does. Although at the same time, I mean, <laughs> I don't want to say it's funny. It's it's a little funny that he thinks that he's part of the reason why they're winning, isn't it? It's like, a, it's funny in a pathetic way. Yeah, like you I almost mean, like, feel Drake, a little sorry on, for him. Like for, uh, you, every fan <laughs> wants to be that at guy. that level yeah. and wants to be allowed to do all that stuff and give all the players high fives when they come off the floor sure. and talk to them during the game. Every fan wants that. Fans aren't allowed to do that, though. Why is he? That's a good question. Now, speaking of ambassadors, there has n- there has been no better ambassador for the sport of basketball than I'm going to use his full name, Magician Johnson. Okay. <laughs> There's there's no better ambassador for the sport of basketball than Magic Johnson, who a couple months ago, a month ago, whatever it was, resigned as president uh, of the Lakers. Yes. Right? Just a few days ago, he went on ESPN's first take and did something that I've never seen Magic Johnson do in my life. Real quick, before we get to this. Please do. How does Stephen A. do this? How does he get people to do stuff like this? Because he has a relationship. They're like friends in real life. I mean, he. it's amazing what Stephen A. can get people. Stephen A. is, that dude is something different. That's anyway. why he's the highest paid person at ESPN. There you go. All right, so anyway, continue. Magic 
I've never heard Magic say a bad thing about anybody in my life. I've watched a lot of Magic Johnson interviews. He still really never said anything bad about anybody. He was kind of careful, but he was the least careful I've ever seen him 100%. He explained, because Stephen A. Smith flat out just asked him, what happened? Why did you resign? What's the real reason you resigned from the Lakers? Magic Johnson was honest. He was honest. And he said it was basically a culture thing, but it all stemmed from he didn't appreciate the way Rob Palenka was was handling Magic's role. So he believes that Rob Palenka wants, wants his role, wants to be the president which isn't, of the Lakers. Which wasn't the problem because Magic said that he told Palenka, listen, part of my job is to get you ready to take my job in two or three years. Mm-hmm. Yes. and But part of the stipulations when Magic signed on, and he's very close with Jeannie Buss, so Jeannie Buss was going to let him get away with probably just about anything. But part of that was, and he, he talked to her about it before they signed the contract, he has all these businesses. He's this enormous business mogul, right? Sure. He makes tons and tons of money from these businesses that he has. And he said... I can't give up my businesses. I'm going to make way more money doing that than I am as president of the Lakers. I can't give those up. So I'm not going to be here all the time. I'm not going to be in the office every day from 9 to 5. Is that okay? Jeannie Buss said yes. That was okay. He's Magic Johnson. He, he also wanted to make sure that he was going to have the final say as far as personnel decisions went. Right. But let's be honest. Let's be honest. When we when when superstars ex superstars get put in these positions, they're only put in this these positions for one reason, and that's to be a face, right? I mean, that's what they are. I mean, you got, I mean, Larry Bird has done a good job. Danny Ainge has done a good job. You got Trajan Langdon. You got um, uh, those Elton are Brand. With real decisions. Though. They are. They are. But I'm saying, besides Larry Bird, of those names, maybe Danny Ainge closer, but. Besides Larry Bird, none of those were really superstars. Think about right. when think about when Isaiah Thomas got put into place. It's it's, it's a Knicks, face. Right. It's a face, and you're 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 trying. I think they're trying to sell something more than they're trying to. Then they really care what he's going to do. Yeah, you are a face, and you are the ambassador for your team. You, you know, you're the you're the public figure. Uh, you are for any front office stuff. The media is coming to you, right? Right. And and because there's no more charismatic guy than Magic Johnson, guy always has a smile. Million dollar He's smile. always happy. Billion dollar smile. Billion dollar smile. He's always happy because he has a billion dollars. Um, <laughs> no, he just always has been. He's always been that type of guy. He's so friendly all the time. He's so much fun to to follow because of all those things. But he was legitimately supposed to be making those decisions, and that's what he wanted. He he said to Jeannie Buss. I want to make sure I'm the decision maker here, all right? Of course, everybody else, there's no one decision maker. There's somebody who has maybe a final say, whose whose decision, whose opinion holds more weight than everybody else. But in any front office in sports, you are going to have several opinions. If you're a smart leader, you are going to get opinions and, and from from your staff, from the rest right. of your staff. Right. Magic would do that, of course, but he 
he wanted to be the final decision maker. Rob Palenka wanted to be the final decision maker. And what? Rob Palenka was saying things to people like, oh, Magic's not in the office, huh? Or, oh, where's Magic? When he knew Magic wasn't in the office. Uh, of course. Because, so he had, he didn't like that, he didn't like Magic's role and the way it was being handled. And Magic didn't like him talking behind his back. Exactly. And it was getting to him because Magic's friends with every single person in L.A. Yes. Uh, and. So why, well, why is Rob Palinka even in this position? Well, he—I mean, he's a—he's a decision maker too. I mean, why, he, why is he in that position? Who brought him there? Wasn't he an ex-representative of Kobe Bryant? Wasn't Kobe Bryant the one? Maybe that that's brought, maybe that's why Kobe Bryant was a big re- is the reason why he's involved in the Lakers. Now, Magic even is, said though he's is, a smart guy. That's he, fine. He's, he's a he, good guy and stuff. Do you think Kobe's behind part of this? Kobe, Kobe's a little jealous of the of of what Magic's getting, and he and and Kobe feels like he wants his guy in there so he can kind of run the show. I do not, uh, I do not, Mister Conspiracy Theory. I, uh, Look, I think, hey, I'm just telling you right now, the reason Rob Palenka is where he is is because of Kobe Bryant. Maybe, but I don't think Kobe's been out of the league for a few years now. I don't think Rob Palenka, if he wasn't. If he wasn't, if he was doing a terrible job, he wouldn't still be there. I don't think. I mean, I don't think they're going to. If keep Kobe him. Bryant said, "Hey, Genie, I want you to keep my boy around," it'd be like Magic Johnson saying, "Yo, Genie, let me keep my boy around." Genie Bus is like a sister to Magic Johnson, and he's like the favorite aunt of Kobe Bryant. So <laughs> I'm telling you right now that that's a that I, I don't know, man. But they're I, close too. To, Kobe and Magic oh, are good. Sure, but you know, Kobe's always got something else going on in the back uh, of his head. If Kobe wants something to be the case it's going to be the case and i know that's what you're saying but sure if kobe wants some kind of control or something like that he can just have it he could have gone to magic and said hey i want to be the next decision maker let's let's start working on that now magic probably would have been like yeah sure okay yeah i got i got something else to do let's go he's got plenty of other things (laughs) to do you know and kobe doesn't really right now we're gonna play a quick game okay ready yeah it's called high low okay magic johnson's net worth you have it up. I got it up. Now it's obviously it's estimated, but uh, I'm gonna say two point three billion dollars lower. I'm gonna say eight hundred fifty million dollars lower. I'm gonna say so we were wrong. He's not a billionaire. I'm gonna say he is a uh, six hundred million higher. Seven hundred million lower. I'm gonna say I'm gonna split it right down the middle. Say six fifty. Ding 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 ding. Oh, where's my buttons that make all the noises and stuff? Six. Six. Oh, there we go. I don't know. That's best I got. Apparently, there's a fight happening right now. There's some applause for you. You hit that button. Should have had that one for the wrong answers. All right, that's all the fun buttons I got. Okay. Now, Magic was up front. Sorry. About what <laughs> Magic was up front about <laughs> how, what happened there, why he left. He didn't like the culture. Basically, became stale, not stale, but poisoned. Yeah. You know, and and he didn't want to be around for that. He's got all this, these other things going on. He's got plenty to do. It sure, doesn't sure. have to be like you said. He already told Rob Palenka, "I'm here for three years, and you're being groomed to be the next the, the next president after me." I guess that wasn't good enough for Palenka, and. Magic was like, okay, then I'm not going to stick around for this. Do you believe all this? Do you believe that's exactly how it went down? 
No, I think I think, and I believe magic more than most people. I feel like uh, more than I believe most people, but I'm sure not every detail was exactly as magic remembers it. And I'm sure if you ask Rob Palenka, you think he it's not the same. Oh, Rob already came out and said none of that's true. But I, I but I believe that probably at there's, least some of it is. There's a maybe, mixture in maybe there. right. I think probably some of it is embellished. And magic there's even there's fire. Yeah, magic even said there. You know, he his friends outside of basketball even were being told that you know that he was hearing it from them that. Rob Polink was saying these things about magic behind his back, how he, his work ethic wasn't that good and stuff like that. You don't question that. I mean, it's, you know, it's even if it's true, I right. mean, you're going to, you, you know, that magic used the word backstabbing. It's and that, that's how he you, felt. Have you seen Rob Polinka before? You ever look yeah. at him? He kind of looks plastic, doesn't he? <laughs> plastic? I don't know. He's a, Does he look like L.A.? I mean, he kind of he looks, looks like, like L.A. He looks like he? L.A. Yeah. He looks like yeah, L.A. I, I feel like, I feel like L.A. is a lot of drama. And I feel like he looks like walking drama. It has and been feel, all season. It has. No, been. I don't mean the L.A. Lakers. I just oh. mean L.A. in general. Like yeah. he looks like L.A. He looks like Los Angeles. That's fair. And he looks like drama follows that dude, and he probably likes it a little bit. It's like the Kardashians, you know. They are L.A. You yeah. know, they're they're whatever Brentwood or wherever they, they're from. But it, drama just follows them. Whatever's no, going down. No, they create it on purpose for their show. That's what I'm saying, though. That's what I'm telling you is that I feel like that's L.A. I feel like he's, I say, follows him. But when, when drama follows somebody, they're usually the one creating it the whole time. That's what I mean by that. Yeah. So I can see old boy like that creating a little bit of drama, like Magic was saying, so whispers behind the scenes. Make sure everybody hears a little something, something that he's got to say. See if it spreads. See if uh, see if wildfire can turn up. And boy, did it ever! Will next question? Will there ever be a superstar that comes to play with LeBron James? Yeah, I think there still could be. Now, superstar, right? I'm not talking about Jimmy Butler. I'm not talking about. Uh, you know, I don't know, uh, uh, Tobias, Harris Tobias Harris or, or some, whatever, something like one that. One of the other good players. Great players. That are going to be free. But I'm talking superstar. I'm talking Damian Lillard. I'm talking Kawhi Leonard. I'm talking KD. I'm talking uh, Kyrie Irving. Guys like, you, you, is there a superstar that's going to come play with him? I can see a scenario where Kyrie Irving was the last superstar that he played with. And that's the last time he's going to play with a superstar. I can see other good players going there, like the Jimmy Butlers and those guys. I don't know. I don't really see Jimmy Butler going there, but I can see other. I can see other really good players going there to play. Um, because really good. But what about superstars? I, I we talked about this on Twitter. I'm hearing less and less. I really am. Your sources are telling you there's less and less there's, going on. There's no sources. It's just me. Just me hearing. Who's telling all them? the offseason, all the all the stuff, you, everything in the media that uh, we okay. know about. I got you. I am not hearing a lot about people about any superstars being interested in going to the Lakers now. And why? First of all, Kevin Durant got some heat earlier this year for saying exactly that. He's not sure superstars really want to go play with LeBron. It what he wasn't trying to put him down. But it's about 
exactly the same thing why it's tougher for some superstars to play with Kevin Durant because you play a totally different style. You're forced into a style. LeBron makes role players better. He makes role players better. That's why uh, Keenan Thompson, what's his real name? Not Keenan. Clay? Clay, No, 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 no. Thompson with the Cavs. I oh, was kidding oh, when I said Tristan Keenan. Thompson. Tristan, Tristan oh. Thompson, because I couldn't think of his first name. Not, <laughs> not, not, not the guy from Saturday Night Live. I no, know that. No. Uh, when Tristan Thompson made all the money he did, he's an average role player that got almost a max deal yeah. out of playing with LeBron James. He makes guys play better. He does. Superstars, and I agree, because look at look at Steph. Steph still played great. Don't get me wrong, but Steph's a pure shooter. That's what that boy does. Mm-hmm. However. KD's gone, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, Steph Curry? Forgot about that guy. And that's right, two-time MVP? Oh, he is still that guy. He is. But KD took those shots. He took he, he, he stagnated the ball. He, he slowed everything down. So I can understand it, and the ball wasn't in his hand nearly as much. It was all the time in KD's hands, which it should be because KD was averaging like 40 points or something in the playoffs before he got hurt. Yep. I mean, it's hard to say that he shouldn't have the ball in his hands. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because, yeah. But as far as is the superstar going to play with LeBron, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's, not, it's not impossible. I'm not, I'm not convinced that it'll never happen again, but he is 35. And probably only, you know, maybe he plays another four or five years. But there's a lot. I mean, this roster, maybe not next year, but this roster, well, there's still time. Yeah, it still could be a lot different next year. And in two years, could be even more different. It's going to be, it is going to be a lot different next year. And I don't know who's going to be here. With that team, I don't know who from the current team is going to be gone. All those one-year deals those guys signed, they could all be gone. A couple of them could be back. Who knows? But I will tell you that they just hired, they finally hired the new replacement, who, by the way, that was part of the thing, too, for Magic, was he won, He came out and flat-out said, I wanted to fire Luke Walton. That surprised me from Magic, too, that he, yeah, but, that he but, said that. But Magic Johnson, tell me this is not true. Magic Johnson's the only person that can say something like that and in no way say a bad thing about Luke Walton. All he did was talk about how great Luke Walton is and everything like that and yet still said, yeah, I didn't want him to coach and was very blatant about it as well. Yeah. But at the end of that, if I was Luke Walton listening to that, I'd be like, oh, man, Magic, I love, you. I still love you, brother. God, Absolutely. You, know, you can't be mad at Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson can tell you you're the dumbest person to ever walk the face of the earth. And you'll still love him. I'll give him a hug. I don't know how he does I'll it. Give him he's, a hug if he tells me. He puts me that. that smile. I don't know if there's something, if he's got like some Medusa stuff going on in his teeth. So when he smiles at you, <laughs> you're in a trance or what it is. But my man just looks at you and, you know, you just feel like ah, HIV can't be that bad. Come on over here. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> so. Magic wanted to fire Luke Walton, and he was getting pushback from the other folks, from the other folks in the front office. And you know, not everybody was totally on board with that. And 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 look, Magic can get away with that because he was just being honest. And he said, "Look, Luke Walton's a terrific guy. I thought we could have had a better coach here, and I thought that's what needed to happen." Yeah. 
Luke Walton's fine. He's the he's the head coach of the Sacramento Kings, who are one of the up and coming teams. They're going to be good, and he'll be a great he'll be great for them. Yeah, I, 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 probably, but. <laughs> Probably it is it the most. Fred, you say probably, and that's basically saying that Luke Walton's nah. going to be fired in two years. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that and, and that could be too. Probably. Now, none of that matters anymore because Magic's out. He's not making the decision about who the next coach to to bring in to bring in is. But they did finally make a decision. They went after Monty Williams. No thanks. Went after Teron Liu. No, no thanks. thanks. I don't do three-year deals. I need better than that. You can't tell me who my associate head coach is going to be. I get to make that decision. Frank Vogel agreed to that. He agreed, Frank Vogel, former, had some great years as the, as the head coach of the Indiana Pacers and even a couple decent years making the Orlando Magic, who were a bad team when he got there, made them a little bit better. He's a good coach. They, they finally... Got him to agree to those terms. It's a three-year deal. Jason Kidd will be his top assistant. All right, everybody. Jason Kidd will be his replacement. Hey, Jason Kidd <laughs> will be his replacement. That's what everybody's saying. I don't disagree with that, but he needs to have a ch- he needs to have a chance. And I think he's gonna. I really do think he's gonna be good. And it'll be up to him if they do get another star or two or three really good players to figure out how they're going to turn this team into a great defensive team like he had in Indiana and figure out a style as LeBron continues to get a little bit older, figure out a style that's going to still feature him and and still feature those decision-making, the passing ability from LeBron, and and, and still plenty of scoring, but maybe not quite the load. That, that that you know he's been expected to have for his entire career. Bring in some other guys and figure out how to run an offense and figure out how to get everybody engaged, including LeBron, because that was a big problem on defense this year. I think Frank Vogel is going to be able to do that. Now, <laughs> the most one of the most awkward questions I've ever heard in a press conference was asked <laughs> in the press conference when they yesterday when they introduced Frank Vogel as the Lakers head coach. They asked, um, uh, I believe it was Rob Palenka, they asked him, as Frank Vogel sat there next to him, listening to the listening to the question, looking at the guy asking it, um, why, <laughs> you uh, settled on Frank Vogel. Settled. Settled on Frank Vogel. You, um, obviously there was... Uh, some issues with the what well, you know what exactly happened what were the issues with the with the hiring process with the with the coaching search process you got turned down by a few people um and you you ended up settling on Frank Vogel <laughs> and Frank Vogel is sitting there listening to this and the guy lists you know you wanted Mon- he said <laughs> you wanted Monty Williams first you job. wanted Teron Lou next you wanted other people before you wanted Frank Vogel. He said this guy, this guy asked this question hey, with those words. It's his job. That's his job. It's not you can say it a lot more pleasantly than that. <laughs> you can ask the same question without without talking about a guy and saying this is not the guy you wanted. You can say it totally different to where you're not making him feel like that and you're not making uh everybody on Twitter talk about it. <laughs> 
it was it was so weird, so uncomfortable. And uh, I, I just that that stuck out to me. I felt so bad for Frank Vogel, and he handled it like a champ, like he's going to. Um, sure, but it, it was just so funny to hear the guy specifically ask. Frank Vogel is not your first choice. You didn't. You wanted other people before you wanted him more than you <laughs> wanted him. What happened with that? Is is Rob Polinka related to Rob Lowe? I'm gonna I'm gonna guess no. But I've seen don't these know. two. They could be twins. I mean, I knew the guy looked like plastic, and I've seen pictures of him. But I'm really? looking at some of these. Rob Lowe. Oh, dude, this is Rob Lowe's brother. <laughs> They're they're somehow oh, switched at okay. birth or something. Yeah, I, they're Rob, definitely twins. They both live in L.A. I can tell you that. So maybe I'm they are. Family. Telling you, I'm telling you what. Hey. I'm assuming Rob Lowe lives Look, in here's LA. a picture of Rob Lowe and him next to each other. Boom. Even though that's not a very good picture, <laughs> that looks like Rob Lowe. I'm doing this. This is great radio. That looks like Rob Lowe. That is Rob Lowe. Isn't no, it? it's not. No, that's Polinka. Okay, that one right oh, there looks like Rob see, Lowe. See, I told you. I that told one looks you. like Rob Lowe. Holy cow! <laughs> we got We talk about talk about a conspiracy. I want to know what happened. I want to see their birth, date of births. I want to know their date of births. Listen, Rob Lowe and Kobe Bryant are behind. <laughs> are behind this whole magic, behind Johnson, magic johnson leaving there's the no way rob lowe had nothing to do with that i i agree i feel i feel like uh i feel like there's definitely something there definitely something there how old's genie bus i don't know she uh, she's got to be like i'm okay find it and i'm gonna guess uh okay you start start keep okay. keep talking about them i'm gonna i'm gonna tell I'm gonna, you i'm gonna say because she dated phil jackson for a long time i know she was definitely younger than him because he's up there <laughs> he's getting up there oh Oh, yeah, he's definitely up Old there. Old Phil. They're not together oh. anymore. Oh, okay. You got uh, it? I'm going to tell you this right now. We were born on the same day of the year. Not, obviously not. We're you not and the Jeannie Buss share a We're not the birthday? same age. She was born on September 26th. How about that? How about them apples? Man. Happy birthday when it's our birthday. All right. Now, can you guess how old she is? I am going, I am going to guess she is 56. Uh, the answer to that question is no. Was that a question? No, the answer to that answer. I guess I kind of asked, is 56 correct? I'm trying to think of her exact age here, so. Oh, uh, you just have the year. It's fi- Yeah, 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 yeah. So she finished. Got it. Okay, go ahead. So it's not 56. No, uh, and that, that that's going to be uh, oh, low. That's, that's too low. That's low. Okay, I'm going to say that she's 61. That's too high. Okay, so then she's 58. Too high. Um, then she's, yeah, she's definitely 57. Then. Hey! <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There you Hit go. It a the few triple, times. Triple all right, so that's what, that's that's all there is. Uh, she's 57 years old. That's young, because isn't Phil Jackson like 90? He's like in his 70s. Wow, that's still a big difference. It is a big difference, but uh, Phil Jackson's a Zen master, so he probably hypnotized her into into dating him. For like ten years or how whatever, that dude must be a horse. <laughs> what? He looks like a horse, doesn't he? Phil Jackson. Yeah, he's like nine foot long. <laughs> he must be a horse because he hypnotized Jeannie Buss. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> he was born. He's seventy three years old. Seventy three. She's fifty seven. I'm good for Phil. Look, good for Phil. I mean, he was sixteen formerly, years. He was sixteen years old when she was born. 
That's just weird to me. I don't know I, why look, that's so weird. To I've me. always I've always dated younger. I mean, not that much, sixteen but. years younger, <laughs> bro. If you're doing that, we got issues. Look, Actually, look. now you could date somebody sixteen years younger than you. She'd just be twenty. Oh my god! Or would she be twenty one? God, that's true. She'd be twenty one. Wow, man, <sighs> you're old. That's not that's not happening. I am old, and that's that def- definitely makes me feel old. But uh, I've I already knew that anyway. <laughs> okay. But uh, <laughs> no, it's it, look at that age. Come on, that doesn't matter. Now that was like ten years ago, so she was wow, like fifteen years ago. Was, yeah, something like that. So she was. Uh, she was in her forties. She was in high school. And he then. was in yeah. her sixties. No, <laughs> anyway, besides good, the good point. You, besides the point, Phil. Good job. Uh, Hope you're enjoying smoking that peyote in Montana. Ah uh, man, wherever you I are. just want one time. I'm Meditating. Gonna a, I'm gonna eat some peyote. Eat some peyote. Isn't peyote like a cactus or something? I don't know, but it's it it has some sort of like drug effects. Yeah, I want to talk to a squirrel. I've always wanted to oh. talk to a squirrel. Okay. Like, you know, I've never I've never I've never uh thrown a little acid back or or munched on some shrooms, but at some point in time, I'd like to have a squirrel walk up and have a conversation. I would say maybe try to figure out a different way to make that happen. Well, obviously, that's why I haven't done it yet. I mean, uh, just look, adopt a squirrel and teach it to talk. Man, those things are nasty. I ain't messing they with They are nasty. Yeah, that ain't squirrels. happening. That ain't happening. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, all right. Well, I think we've covered just about everything. It is we a plant, by the way, it. and it kind of looks like a cactus, just okay. to let you know. Okay. Well, I, I mean, I don't want to get stabbed by anything as I'm inhaling it or smoking it, or what do you do? Smoke I, it, I think. Dude, I have no idea what you do. You I don't know. I drink just heard the water people. out of it. Do you eat the little <laughs> pink leaf on the top of it? Oh, I don't that's know, weird. man. I don't know. All right, we got to wrap this thing up here. It's uh, going you're right off the now. Rails. We're, now we're just kind of talking. We're going you're off right. the rails. So, here. do we have anything else besides besides poor poor Frank Vogel who had to deal with this this fella this fella asking him questions? It was just not a, asking him questions. Asking Rob Lowe questions. <laughs> it was just a uh, awkward, a flat out weird. Awkward, uncomfortable. Frank Vogel's thing. face was the best, though. He just kind of sat there and took it. Like yep. he didn't roll his eyes or anything. He just no. kind of sat there, like, eh, I guarantee you know what? this probably makes a little bit of sense. Yeah, I, I mean, he knew he knew when he got hired that there were two people before him. I guarantee he called him a name in his head. Oh yeah, and they were four letters. Of- I feel like that's his facial expression. It was. It's pretty. It's pretty docile. It's not. He, it's Adam's got to pull it up on the computer, and it's pretty much. I hate you it, is it, the expression yeah. on his face. I mean, it's pretty I, much yeah. I hate you. Yeah. And I can't wait to or maybe not something an- else. I can't wait to not answer any of your questions yeah. all of next year. <laughs> Speaking of that, something I'm telling you we can get into next week. We can make it beef week if you want to because beef week. we've got we've got we need a beef. People week. are trying to make this people are trying to make a beef out of Drake and Giannis, and I don't see that at all. I don't feel like Giannis is even reacting to the guy. I have, Giannis hasn't even looked at him. Has I Giannis know. said a word to I, him. I, I keep don't, saying he's having a running conversation. I haven't seen Giannis even say anything. I to haven't him. either, and so I hope it's he a one way conversation yeah. now. Which makes the whole situation look even more pathetic for Drake. Um but you have this weird this thing going on with Kevin Durant and Chris Broussard. Uh, they go back and forth. Chris Broussard talked about that the yep. other day on his show. Uh, you have Todd Frazier and uh, I think it's Todd Frazier and Adam Eaton. I want to say have oh, this really? weird rivalry. I was just I was I just saw something about it today. 
I want to look more into those things, and uh, and if it's worth talking about, I think we could get into those things. I say we do it, man. I say we do it. Let's do a little. Uh, let's have beef week next week. Next week is beef week. We're gonna eat some beef and talk about beef. Let's. I might have some a roast beef, a roast beef <laughs> tray out here. I'll just bring over some Arby's. Oh, there you go, uh, little roast thank beef. Thank you, thank you, Arby's for sponsoring. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thank you, Coke Zero, for sponsoring. <laughs> That's been right in the middle of this uh, the whole time. I'm sure. Thank you for uh, no. Hey. Nothing wrong with that. Thanks, Coke Zero. Um, thank you, Training Personally. Thank you, Ohio Mosquito Control. Oh, I didn't do the Ohio Mosquito Control today. You That's didn't all right. do that? No. Shoot it. Uh, okay, yeah. So, uh, you know, Ohio Mosquito Control, the pest of the pest, uh, coming at you. Uh, you know, where Ohio Mosquito Control offers quality service to the Cincinnati area at reasonable prices, family-owned and operated. Their professional mosquito control service. That's just uh, an email away. You jump on their website. It's just ohio-mc.com. They will set up your specific bug control for the summer. I'll tell you, I'm seeing them. I'm really seeing them come out a lot now. The spiders are back out. I don't know what it does for spiders, but I can tell you that the mosquitoes I, aren't out there. I, I, don't, I don't mean, get bit. I don't yeah. get bit. The kids don't get bit. Swim by the pool, not have an issue. I have I have a really really hard time with mosquitoes every summer. I still haven't done it. I've talked about it forever. I'm calling Ohio Mosquito Control. I'm just gonna do it. I'm just gonna do it. Take care of it, brother. Make it happen. I'm gonna do it. So Jason and Alex, they'll uh, they'll hook you up. Thank you, Jason and Alex. There you go. Ohio-mc.com. All right, beef week next week. We in? I think we're in. So we're gonna I'm have in. we're gonna have NBA talk. We'll obviously do a little bit of Reds, but we are going. All in on Beef Week. We'll talk about the beefs currently going on and maybe some of the best beefs ever. Ah, I sports. like that. Yeah, we'll throw some old beefs in. Yeah, yeah. would Reggie maybe a Reggie Miller Spike Lee beef that, go into that? That could certainly, yeah, that could definitely That's, come up. That could be a that could be a topic of discussion. Ah, I'm liking this. All right, Beef Week it is next week. Join us. We appreciate you guys listening. You can catch Adam at on the tweet box at Adam Schmidt 44. I'm at Sick With It. We're on Facebook at the Nosebleeds Sports Podcast. Friend us, like us. We get on there every Wednesday, 1030. We go live. You can watch the show then or just listen to it Thursday morning when it's on all your favorite platforms, including Apple iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play Music deal. I mean, it's if you can get an i if you can get a podcast, it's there. Check us out. We appreciate everybody. And uh, Beef Week next week. I'm ready for it. Don't forget to turn your headlights on.